Welcome to the Business with Bordeaux podcast, where we're bringing basic business tips to entrepreneurs and the future leaders of tomorrow. Let's get down to business. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast. I thank you so much for joining me here on the show for another week. We do have a great interview for you this week from Mr. G.S. He's the founder of I'm Doing Jesus, which is a record label among uh, some other things that they do aside from just music. And yeah, we had a great interview. And uh, before we get into that, I do want to let you know about a special giveaway that we're having. Uh, I'm calling it a true strength giveaway. And so all you have to do to enter to win a free t-shirt from true strength apparel uh shipping is included in that so uh you just get the whole entire thing free straight to you anyway so go over to truestrengthapparel.com and check out the shirts there but just share two episodes of this podcast of the business with the bordeaux podcast share your two favorite in terms of content whatever it is for whatever reason make sure you share uh the two episodes that you like the best and hashtag business with Bordeaux and also hashtag true strength apparel. And that's going to be our way of knowing that you entered to win a free t-shirt from truestrengthapparel.com, which is also a patron for the show. And, uh, and you have till June 1st to get that done. And we've already had a submission. So if just this one person wins, it is the only person that enters to win. They got the t-shirt. So anyway, if you want to do that, let me know, and uh, yeah, we'll get that going for you. And also, I want to shout out to um, Mr. WordPress Stan at WPStan.com. Uh, a lot of stuff goes into WordPress and website design, security, you know, so many things involved. And, uh, and yeah, so if you need any help with that, you can check him out at WPStan.com, and uh, I'm sure he would be happy to help you in your inquiries and anything that you have going on. And anyway, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and jump into the interview. Um, his brother's name is GS. He gets into a lot of great background, a lot of great story. If you don't know GS, uh, he is an artist, and you've probably heard him on some Bizzle records. And uh, he was actually at one point signed to God Over Money. So anyway, he shares all of that in his story uh, in this interview. So anyway, I really hope you enjoy. So uh, here it is. Alrighty, welcome back to the Business with Bordeaux podcast. I thank you for joining me for another interview. And this week we have uh, an interview from an artist who is also a, a record label owner. And so uh, a lot of y'all might know him. Uh, he's been around for a while now. He's been doing this full time for five years. And uh, let me introduce uh, my newest brother, GS, man. How are you doing? Yo, what's up, man? I'm good. I'm good, man. Awesome, man. I appreciate you doing this, man. This, uh, I know it's been a little difficult getting this situated and, uh, you know, all that behind the scenes stuff, but, but it, it all works out in the end, brother. Absolutely. So yeah, man, um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. You were doing this full time and, uh, and that's, it, it's a really big deal for artists to be able to run a record label full time as well. And I know, you know, you have other artists under you, so time management is very key and important. But uh, yeah, man, I would love for the, the audience to get to know you just a little bit. Uh, for those who might not have heard a GS, who may not know who you are, uh, if you wouldn't mind, man, if you could give a little bit of background about yourself, that'd be great. 
Um, yeah, you know, so so the first time I was introducing the Christian hip hop, um, well, introduced to the Christian hip hop audience was uh, 2011. Um, I had signed with God Over Money. I was rocking with uh, Bizzle, um, and that was when it was just myself and Bumps. Bumps was the first artist he had signed in 2010. I was the second artist signed in 2011. Um, I had, Bizzle and I went to school together. We shared. Um, we was in the class. We was in the same class in 11th grade. So I've been knowing him for quite some time. As a matter of fact, him and his wife and I shared the same classroom. Uh, it was his girlfriend at the time. Uh, he, and he just wrote lyrics the whole class and never did any work. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he, I, I knew he was going to be a rapper. But um, So we had history with each other. And um, and then I was, I was uh, um, just now starting to kind of, transition my music from the secular side to, you know, rapping about God and rapping for God. And then in 2012, um, I just felt, you know, God was pointing me in a different direction and um, uh, parted ways with God over money. And then I started, I'm doing Jesus, uh, September 2012. I parted ways with them around February, March, and then September, uh, September 10th is when I started, I'm doing Jesus 2012. And um, and that's pretty much how, you know, we originated. Right, right. Awesome, man. So, and, uh, and I know you still rock with God over money. So, you know, I just want to point out now, all not, not every time uh, somebody leaves a label that it's always like bad terms or whatever. Cause, uh, cause I still, cause, cause I still see you on his projects and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, we we work together a lot. You know, my company, um, you know, as as we get more into the interview, my company uh, serves in every aspect of Christian hip hop, whether it be from production and Mr. mixing and mastering to videography, web design, and photography. You know, all the things that that we serve in those areas. And um, God over money is actually one of our big biggest uh, uh, clients and customers. <laughs> so uh, we've been we've been doing work with them for the last two years. Um, and I've been on his project. He's been on mine. I've artists uh, have collabed with one another as well. And so, um, anytime you hear God with money, you're hearing some some influence from I'm doing J, uh, IDJ and I'm doing Jesus. And anytime you hear anything from I'm doing Jesus, you're hearing some influence from God over money. So, in a way, we're pretty much one and the same. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Yeah, I know, man. That's uh, it's really cool to be able to have those relationships still there and to be able to work together. And you know, and it it goes back to the same team model as well. So, so um, so that's the thing. But that's the thing, though. When we when I when I parted ways with God over money, um, I had a lot of backlash, man. A lot of doors was closed. It wasn't just like a between Bizzle and I. It had it, it wasn't um, it wasn't the it wasn't the way friends would part ways with each other. Um, you know, it was, we was, we was young. We was dealing with some newfound, um, success in a sense. And, 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 you know, we were both fresh out of the world, you know what I mean? So we didn't know how to handle all of these things biblically and we were still learning as we go. And so, um, um, our relationship kind of took a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a weird turn, but, um, in, in my, in my personal life, I lost a lot of opportunities to work with a lot of people. Uh, a lot of websites and stuff like that because, you know, uh, at the time, uh, 2011, um, when I came on the God of Money, it was making its, its way up. And when I came onto it, I hip, you know what I mean, kind of catapulted uh, uh, upward at that particular point in time. And, um, um, you know, so the machine is always going to be bigger than the operator. 
You know what I mean? And so when I left uh, God Over Money, um, it was a statement that went out. Uh, and, and in that statement, um, it made people feel or think that either I had fallen off, you know, went back into the world, some kind of sin was in my life, or so, you know what I mean? Like something. And uh, that was that was that wasn't the case, and so it damaged me personally. Um, and then and then, but but what it did was, I think it, it, it put me in a place where I realized that hey, this stuff can be taken away from me when you depend on anything other than God. And so, um, just had my personal time with God throughout that whole entire summer, uh, crying out to Him, just trying to figure out what I'm gonna do. Like, why did you bring me this far and then let this happen? Like, and so. Uh, that's when he gave me I'm doing Jesus. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, the, 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 the separation between the two wasn't as bad as it could get, but it wasn't the best that it could be or have been either. Gotcha, gotcha. I understand that. So what was it that, like, did you know, like, after that, that you were going to start a record label? Like, did, did you see I'm doing Jesus as, like, a full record label, or did it start off with something smaller? What was kind of the vision that God gave you? You know, to be honest with you, I was, uh, uh, the funny thing is in 2011, we was on tour, and, um, you know, I kept hearing people say, I'm going to do me. You do you, I'm going to do me. I'm going to live my life, you live your life, I'm going to do me. And um, and I just was trying to, I was telling myself, like, man, I have been doing me my entire life, and look where it got me, you know, pretty much right back at ground zero. And so um, um, I, I wore a shirt. And the shirt said, I'm doing, and then it said me at the bottom, and the me was crossed out, and it, and it had Jesus on the side of it. And people fell in love with the shirt. And so I was like, oh, you know, this is cool. I got a shirt to sell, you know, yada, yada. And um, and then 2012 happened, and um, when I when I parted ways to God over money, I had no idea what I was going to do, man. You know, I had no earthly idea what I was going to do. Um I didn't. I didn't have no money. <laughs> I didn't have resources. I didn't know how to send out emails, email blasts. I didn't know how to build fan bases. <laughs> no, none of that stuff. No, no structuring. I didn't know anything. Only thing I knew how to do was rap. I was like, Yo, I'm gonna get a beat from somebody and just go to the studio and just rap. You know what I mean? And <laughs> and uh, that was pretty much it. So I was I was clueless, man. I was I was clueless. Man, so did you have any kind of like recording equipment, like anything like that at all? I had nothing, zero, wow. not even a microphone. I didn't even. I had not nothing, man. I didn't make beats, no nothing. I just, it was just me walking around with nothing. So, so just to rewind a little bit. Um, so I had, I, I'm from Houston, Houston, Texas, born and raised. And I left Houston because I had um, I I, I kind of started getting in trouble with the police a little bit, right? Well, a lot bit. And um, went to Cali. Went to uh, I left and went to Cali. I think it was 2007. Um, met a young lady there, you know, and stayed out there. Well, 2010 Christmas Day, I ended up having to leave Cali. Um, from 2007 to 2010, God had kind of dealt with me, shook my life up a bit. I grew up. Mom is an evangelist, stepdad is a pastor, so I grew up in a in a in a in a church driven home. But when I was when my mom and my real father was married, he was extremely abusive, like he would beat her multiple times a week for twenty three years. And I was I was eight when they divorced, so my older siblings, they you know, they had an opportunity um to not only, you know, grow with him because you know, I'm sure there was some good moments he had with him, but um they fought with him too. They fist fought my, my, my real father. 
Uh, and so I didn't really get a chance to witness none of the, the good out of them. So the only thing I remember really is just all the bad. And um, so so I knew what, you know, torture and dysfunction looked like versus, you know, the Christian biblical life. And I was like, oh, that Christianity stuff is a little too hard for me. You know, the way my mom was doing it, it was just a little too hard. She was like, well, we consider super Christians today. My mom has always been that. And wow. uh, I applaud her for it because it's a disciplined life, you know. And um, and uh, so I got into, you know, selling drugs. I started selling drugs, uh, selling, you know, crack at like 15. And then I think at about 16, I stopped selling crack, and then I got into selling marijuana, like weed. Like it was – I felt it was lower um, – um, You'd have to worry about going to jail for that long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Lower risk. <laughs> lower consequence. Yeah, lower <laughs> consequence, lower risk. And um, and so I did that um, solely for about eight, nine, ten years, and then um, kind of got in trouble with the police because I, I obviously when you do something for a long time and you start trying to figure out ways to get better at it, whether it's good or bad, um, you see some advantages in it. Doesn't mean that it comes from the Lord. And um, Started getting in trouble with the police. Got picked up for suspicion of drug trafficking um, on a on a you know huge situation and like uh, um, end up beating that. And so I don't have no no nothing on my my books or my, or my record or nothing like that. And then um, I left and went to Cali like about two years later. And uh, met a young lady, lived with her out there. We we stayed together and uh, had a daughter. I had a daughter. Um, and in 2010, Christmas Day, I had to leave because within three months of that, you know, 2010, December, it was like October, November, December of 2010, God just started really working on my life. Um, I lost my job. You know, she moved out. We were separating time between my daughter. And um, my job was attached to my place to stay. Lost that opportunity as well. So I essentially became homeless. I was eating out of the break room. I was taking other coworkers, you know, lunch right at the end of my my uh my time at work and then um um I ended up having to drive back down to Houston in my car and so so co- coming from you know so to fast forward to bring me back in 2012 when I parted ways with God over money I had no resources I had nothing I was still trying to get my life back on track you know my family here in Houston they they don't they're not doing well like you know so um I, I pretty much came down here trying to just start all all the way over from the beginning. So when I parted ways with them, I had no resources, no equipment. I didn't even have a place to stay. I didn't have my own place to stay. I was staying um staying with my mother. You know what I mean? And so yeah, it was bad. Wow, wow, that's that's a uh, you know that's definitely uh, I, I do appreciate you sharing that because that's that's a pretty rough testimony to uh to to get started in life with, and and then to go from you know, to, to kind of go through the, the reset stage twice, did, did you go like, so your history going through it the first time, did that in any way, any way kind of help you emotionally the second time? Um, you know, I was familiar with the territory. Right. I remember the, uh, the owner of uh, Walmart back in the day, Walmart had got sued hugely because they was um, hiring immigrants without paperwork. Um, because he believed that he just felt like everybody needed the opportunity to provide for their family, regardless of who they were. And um, he got sued. I mean, it was closing down Walmarts left and right all over the country. And in the interview, um, 
he said in an interview, he said, uh, they said, how does it feel to lose this, you know, many millions or billions or whatever the number was? He said, you know, um, it worries me, but I'm not alarmed by it. And they was like, why you say that? He said, because I know what it takes to make it now. Mm-hmm. He said, the first time, the first time getting there was the hardest because I had never been there. But I've been there before. So it's not going to be hard to get back in that position. And you look at Walmart now, they still, you know, they went right back up to being the big dog. So, um, so for me, you know, remembering quotes like that, I just was like, man, I know what it feels like to have absolutely nothing. You know, well, now in, 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 in the Christian rap arena, people are familiar with who I am because I did make some noise with God over money. So let me use that, um, you know, let me use that momentum I have and not lose it. So, you know, that's how I started to feel about it. Right. Right. Awesome, man. I'm glad to share that, man, because I don't think a lot of people know that about Walmart. A lot of people just see them as a huge conglomerate. So I'm glad you shared that. And um, so, yeah, man, so current day, uh, I'm doing Jesus. What all do you do as a part of the the label? Um, I know you told me that you have three artists on the label, right? Yeah, well, we have a team, man. Um, You know, one of the things I said to myself that I didn't want to do uh, when I started the label that I had was I wanted to have a structure that um, wasn't easily broken. You know what I mean? When I when I parted ways of God over money, it taught me a lot of things. One, it taught me that um, I didn't have my business cap on. You know, of course, that we're doing this for the kingdom, but, you know, there is a, a certain um, sense of uh, professionalism that I needed to have, and part of that was knowing how to get back to where I was once at. And I didn't know how to get back there. So um, I wanted to create a structure that, that was like, okay, um, what does that look like for me? Um, you know, how can I get back to that position again? And um, I started to put together pieces. I was like, oh, what, what do I need? I need a producer. I need, you know, this. I need that. I need this. I need that. So, you know, um, five years later, um, we have uh, currently we have two producers. We have uh, two rap artists. We have um, a singer and a, ra- and a rapper that sings and rap. We have two engineers. One, he has a degree from West London University. Um, he, do, he does a lot of the, the big arenas here in Houston. Um, he signed our label. We have a, I have a studio here at my home. We have a physical studio for the IDJ artists as well here in Houston um, that a lot of the artists from Houston, you know, come, come through and um, um, get their music and stuff done in. Uh, and also they shoot videos there. Brazil shot a couple of videos there. Um, Set Out of Corner was just recently in there. Um, and so... We have uh, we just brought on a videographer and a photographer, so now we shoot all our videos in the house. So from and and I do um, I do uh, um, the graphic work. I know how to do graphic work. I taught myself that just at the house and was like, let me go to YouTube University. I went there six months and <laughs> it got better at it. And now we do all our graphic work, um, all our photography. We do all our photography in the house. I edit all our pictures again. Went to YouTube University, um, video work. You know, we do all our video work. I bought the um, Final Cut Pro um, um, app and, and program and, and went, went back to university on that one and figured that out. And so um, I just kind of self-taught myself, man, over the last two, three years because I, I, I want to be a one-stop shop. I want to be a place where an artist can come and they can get everything here. I don't want to try to take over what everybody else is doing, but because I, when I left GOM, had nothing 
I know how I feel for an artist to not have a, a backing, not have a support from anybody, not have a co-sign, not know anybody that can do graphic work or shoot your video or mix and master your music to where it sounds like the industry standard. I understand all those things. So I, just, I, I wanted to create um, an environment where, you know, um, we can have artists that we can build, help, and then, you know, even just kind of add on some pieces too. So we do it all here, man. We uh, we got writers. Um so that's pretty much, you know, what we do uh, 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 here at IDJ. Awesome, man. That's, that's a lot of stuff going on. That's a lot of moving parts. So, um, yeah, build, build the team, man. Um, if you want anything to last, build a team. Yeah, man. So kind of this is uh, almost a two-part question. One, how did you know? Um, well, one, have you always felt like you had some kind of a uh, entrepreneurial spirit in you and you know when did that kind of really manifest itself and then you know how did that help you going into leading a team because you know leading a team is is difficult yeah you, you know looking back on it now um you know when i was younger man i kind of had like the entrepreneurial uh mindset um and when i when i was in the street selling drugs like Unfortunately, that's why it developed for me. Um, um, I never, I never smoked. I don't drink. I never drank before. I like, you know. So I don't know how I feel to be high, but I probably was responsible for most of the north side of Houston around, you know, that time getting high. Um, but I realized at that point I was like, okay, I have the product. I need customers. So let me get this product to these customers. Let me figure out the best way to get it to them. Man, this is this is going to be, like, funny, but, like, straight up, like, I will put, like, <laughs> I will put, like, uh, either initials on the little bag or, like, a sticker or something so they know so it was me. <laughs> but, like, when I watched the movie, like, Half-Baked, right? Yeah. Because I did, I did all of that stuff. You know what I mean? Um I did all that and never, you know, never one time got caught except for that last time, and and, and I beat that. So um, I knew at that point, I was like, yo, this stuff ain't for me because they was going to put me away because they couldn't get me for anything. Um, like I was selling the, the, the police officers, lawyers, um, anybody, the judges. I knew I knew everybody that were uh, influential, influential people, and um, they were they were all my customers, you know what I'm saying? So, so it wasn't um, – it wasn't going on, but that's when I realized, I'm like, yo, you know, I'm not cut out to be a quote unquote worker. You know, um, I'm, I'm 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 cut out to be a leader, and not to say that I'm cut out to be a leader in every aspect of my life, because when I share that with people, I try to tell them, like, yo, you can feel what you want to feel. You can feel like you're not cut out to be a worker, but that's you know, but you're not gonna be a leader in everywhere you go, like me and my church. Um, I'm a youth and young adults minister at my church. Uh, I'm underneath the pastor there. I submit under the pastor. But at IDJ, I don't submit to nobody except for God. Right. You know what I mean? And so I'm a leader here, but I'm a follower there. And we just got to know what area of our lives that we lead, and we have to be willing to submit to whatever that leadership is. And the thing is, is that leadership or, you know, leadership can be temporary just like being a follower could be temporary. You know, um, or they can both be permanent. You can leave forever or you can follow forever. Whatever God called you to be, we got to be willing to submit to it and, and, um, and, and do that. So, so yeah, see, so younger, um, in my early 20s, 
that was definitely uh, a mindset that I developed. And uh, but I didn't know I had it. Um, even right now, man, I've never been at this position. Uh, this is the best my company's ever done. This is the best the team has ever been. The best music we've ever put out. Um, and I, I've never been here before, so um, I don't know. I don't know what the future is going to look like, but I know it looks way better than it used to. <laughs> right. Exactly, man. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I know going into the leadership role, that's uh, that's one of the most challenging parts for a lot of entrepreneurs because, you know, you start off by, by yourself and then, you know, as you grow, you have to learn how to manage other people. And uh, so I, I definitely wanted to hear um, kind of how that was transitioning for you. And so... It's 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 different. You know what helps me though. The thing that helps me is um, teaching the youth and young adults. Because I go in there and they all have different personalities, uh, different learning styles, uh, different ways that they and, and they 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 bring in knowledge and interpret knowledge. Um, and you can't talk to all of them the exact same way. They just don't. It, it doesn't it doesn't come across you know to them that well. Um, and in doing that, it helped me be a better leader to, um, to the team. And then, you know, also I've been in church before, man. I've been quote unquote, what the people call church hurt. <laughs> it was, right. I never blamed it on the, I never blamed it on the church. I always blamed it on who it was, you know, the person who did it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, I never stopped going to church, but, um, I knew how I feel to be treated terribly by a person that considers themselves to be a Christian and love the Lord the same amount that you do. So I'm careful of the way that I treat the people on a label. Um, I do things for my label that other people don't do. You know, I, you know, sometimes send certain things and, you know, just, just look out for a lot of the guys on our label, um, you know, and, and check on their families and, you know, just, just, just different stuff that, that, that companies don't do. They just, you know, like companies worry about the money making sure they meet that quota. Um, I try to take it a step further because I um, I treat them how I want to be treated. Right, right. I like the comparison you used. Um, Odd Thomas from Humble Beast, uh, he actually gave kind of a similar reference. So I think it's really cool that both of y'all uh, kind of turn, you know, the, the heads to the church for that leadership example. So that's, that's really cool, man. And, uh, I, th I think what it stems down from, I think, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to you know, talk too much, but I did want to give you as much information as possible because anybody that may be listening to this um, can, can relate on some level. But um, I think anything that we do in life, we should use the church model. Yeah. Even within our home, you know, even within our home, um, you know, who, who, who's a leader and then, you know, who, who's that leader, you know, answering to, <laughs> you know what I mean, and what what do the followers look like, and um, what's the mission? What's the overall goal and mission that God has called us to? And then how do we work together to achieve that? You know, because um, when I got married, when God gave me an opportunity to get married to my beautiful wife, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I'd never been married before. I've been in a failed relationship, but I never was married before. And um, so we got to constantly come to the table and just be like, hey, what's this mission God called us to? Because, uh, um, and that was one of the reasons why I named my last album Committed, because 
I don't believe that there's one person for every one person here on earth. I don't believe that. I don't see it in the Bible anywhere. I study that stuff. I don't, I don't see it. Um, right. I do believe that as long as you commit it to the person that you're with, um, commitment, enduring, you know what I mean, um, just, just, just going through the tough times and, you know, holding your tongue and being patient and loving. And I think, I think that's what God has called us to. So the whole fight with guys that have lust issues when they have a wife and they lusting after somebody else, um, I think it's necessary for the growth of a, of a, of a man of God, you know, because we're going to always fight against the things that we want versus the things that we have. And so commitment to the person that you have in front of you and that you've committed your life to, um, for me, is the goal on earth, man. Yeah, man, that's awesome, man. I love that. And I have no problem with you talking, man. That's that's what everybody's here to do is to hear your story and what, you know, what you have in your heart and mind. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's all good, man. And um, so working as a, you know, self-employed entrepreneur, what, what are some of the hardest challenges that you have at kind of working for yourself? Uh, you know, some people do have an issue with uh, time management and things like that. What are some of the hardest things that you've kind of encountered in, in kind of doing this full time on your own? You know, in the beginning, time management was difficult because I, one, didn't know how much time I needed to put in to make it successful, and I didn't know how much time um, was, requ- uh, you know, was required, not just of me, but required, period. Um, I didn't know where to start in a lot of areas. I was like, okay, I need a producer, so what do I do? Go online, just look at a whole bunch of dudes just making beats? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know I didn't know any of that. So um, I did. You know, my 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 stepfather wrote a book. It's called uh, Back to the Old Fashioned Altar. And um, what we have a tendency if we change words around in the Bible to make it more appealing, because we feel like today is different. Well, my dad was like, we need to go back to the old fashioned altar. Go back to praying again. Go back to seeking God's face. Go back to hearing His voice. And uh, that's exactly what I did, man. I went right back over to the old fashioned way, the way the slaves got through it the way my grandparents and all these, uh, the way everybody got through it. And, um, and, and, and then God just started speaking to me, you know, and, 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 uh, and I, but it was difficult, you know, the time that I was putting in, I mean, night that my wife went to sleep and, you know, her side of the bed was warm, but my side of the bed was cold because I was in my office. Um, uh-huh. Nights I didn't kiss my, my little girl to sleep. Um, you know, nights I, I wasn't able to eat dinner with my wife because I was in here working so much. And, you know, when I get locked in, I get locked in. And my wife, you know, she she supported it, man. You know what I mean? That's why I'm like, yo, she really supported Let me tell you something about my wife. My wife and I were dating. We met each other in uh, 2011. We dated for three years, three, three, you know, roughly about three years. We married each other in 2014. We celebrate three years uh, in June. And, um... Um, at the time when I met her, I needed, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like, yo, I don't want to be in a relationship on nothing. And she just kind of transformed my life into something that I needed. She started asking me so many questions about God. And I was coming into this understanding of who he was. Um, but, but God made me tap into all the things that I had been taught as a kid. So I was sharing these things with her over and over and over, and over the course of all these months that we were talking in the beginning. And in 2012, when I parted ways to God over money, she was right there. You know, I was crying. You know, I was crying on the phone. I had to get off the phone because I don't like I don't like crying in front of people. It's just not something I do. 
And um, but God turned me into a crier. I never cried before. So when I when I submitted my life to the Lord, He turned me into a crier. So every single time I would always cry about certain things. I don't know why I did it. Um, well, I didn't have any startup money for my company, and she gave me three hundred dollars, man, to start undoing Jesus. And uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, here we are. She she started a company last year. She has an event planning company, and she didn't have no startup money. So guess what I did? Here you go, baby. You know, and it was great to be able to give it back to her. But um, but yeah. So you know, my wife, you know, was great in the process of me, um, um, you know, and all the transitions of me working hard. And still now, man, you know, some days I be in here, I wake up, get in here about eight nine o'clock in the morning. Um, I go to the gym, come back home. And I don't get, you know, I don't go to sleep until one or two o'clock in the morning. You know, um, some days I mean it's, you know, I'll be in here three, four hours. Some day I'll be in here ten, twelve, fourteen hours. So it's just, um, you know, just I guess, I guess now since we got the ball rolling, it's just whatever I feel like that, that particular thing we're trying to do, whatever amount of time it requires, I, I, I'll put it in. Gotcha, man. Those are some pretty long days. It is, yeah. it is, and it's and it's and it's, and it's grueling. Like you know, um, man, if you look at my pictures in 2014 when I married my wife, um, I was much smaller than I am right now, man. <laughs> you know, I, I, because I didn't have I didn't have this much. You know, I had a lot of time. You know what I'm saying? When I when I when I started my company, I, I didn't think it would be this big, so I didn't spend that much time. I was in the gym all the time, working out, really caring about my body. And then when I started, you know, when the company started doing better and I got married and I had a physical office to wake up and walk right into every morning, I was like, yo, you know, I'm going to just stay right here. I eat, sit down, drink, sit down, eat, sit down, and just wait, packing, 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 and, you know, going to do shows and coming back home and not really paying attention to my health as much. And you look three years later and it's like, yo, GS, you look like two of you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so... Um, I've been back on my health kick, man. Um, I've lost weight and uh, I still continue to go down. And I've been back on my health kick, so I've been taking my my health seriously. Uh, but that's what the enemy does, man. The enemy, you know, um, I think I think certain people's success is tied to the way that they look physically. I think people huh. don't want to take pictures, you know, I, I, you know, uh, online. Um, when I went to college, when I went to college, I I studied psychology, right? One thing I noticed that whenever a woman is in a relationship with a man and that relationship is exclusive, um, there's not very many pictures posted online of her, of them, or whatever the case may be. If you're married, it's different. But when you're dating someone, it's not like that. Um, But then when you break up with that person, there's a lot of selfies he put online or a lot of selfies she put online or I'm out with my partners or, yeah, I'm out with my girls or whatever the case may be. She wants to, you know, kind of – I, you know, I, I wouldn't say sale, you know what I'm saying, but it's the right. whole idea of you don't want me, um, but I love myself, so I'm going to show the world. But, it, but you know, subconsciously you're trying to get the attention of that person that um, that you felt, you know, um, chose someone else over you. And um, I think that's what it all boils down to sometimes. I think your success is tied to the way you look, some people's success, and not the whole measure of success, but the parts of it. Tied to the way we look because we live in a world where people want to see what you're doing. They want to hear what you're doing. They want the visual aspect of who you are. They want to feel like they know you or whatever they, they, they consider themselves to sew into or tie into or whatever. They want to get to know it better. And what, be, what better way to do that than social media 
and um and, and videos. And so a lot of people don't post those because they look a lot differently than they did when they was first introduced to the audience. And that what happened with me. You know, um it wasn't very many it was it wasn't very many pictures I took last year that I posted. I always posted covers of albums and different pictures of stuff and other people, but not of myself. And I realized that the enemy was actually taking part of my joy because I wasn't in love with who I had become. And so now, wow. um, yeah, now you go, um, um, you go on my page and I realized that like, man, in life, a lot of things happen, you know, weight goes up, weight goes down. You know, I may, you know, have a knee injury, may lose an arm, you know, but it doesn't take away from who you are. And, um, you know, so I've embraced every part of myself, even in the process of me losing this weight. Um, I've embraced even the hard work it takes to lose it. And so, yeah, that's that. So I feel like part of a, anybody's success is tied to the way that they feel about themselves. Yeah, man, that's, uh, that is very interesting. Uh, I'm glad you brought that whole that whole entire scenario up because you know I I do think it's different whenever people are trying to start a company, and uh, and their health really takes a hit, and they might not realize it because they're seeing it as just you know work 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 you do what has to get done, and then you know they end up gaining a whole lot of weight. And uh, like you said, when you're you know you get up you eat you sit down you do work you get up get something else to eat come back down sit down. And, you know, if you're doing that 14 hours a day, that's, that, that's a toll on your body. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, uh, a, guy, a, guy, a guy once told me this, and this is what, you know, kind of keeps me motivated. He said, man, we don't, uh, um, um, what he said, he said, we don't, we don't eat to get full. We eat to live. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and what he meant by it was, um, take enough for you to be satisfied. You know, so I don't have right. to sit down and eat a full meal every time I eat. Go, right. you know, eat an apple. You're good for another two hours. You know what I'm saying? Eat a banana. You're good for another two hours. Snack on something. You're good for another two hours. You don't have to pig out every single time you get hungry. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, so I take a lot of these principles and apply them to other areas of my life, too. You know, like, you know, if if if, if, in, the, if in the weight department, you know, I don't got to eat. You know, um, if I just need to eat to live, then, you know, I apply that effort in other areas. And the thing is this, let's be honest, food sometimes weighs you down. When you when you eat food uh, that's high in calorie and high in carbs and have a lot of sugar or a lot of, uh, um, a lot of grease in it, what happens is, is that the body is used to processing a certain amount of calories or, or a certain amount of uh, the change in the body per hour. Um, and over time, Say, for instance, within three hours, you intake 1,000 calories. Your body is used to you intaking 1,000 calories within a three-hour period. But say, for instance, this day you want to turn all the way up. You go to the store, you get you a triple meat cheeseburger, you get a, a, a monster <laughs> fry, you put chili on it and cheese, and then you get you a Dr. Pepper or something, right? And so you come home, you're like, I want a bag of chips with this. So you're sitting down in front of your computer and you're eating all of this stuff, and then you realize, like, yo, this is literally like 3,500 3, calories in one seating. You know what I'm saying? In one sitting, rather. And, uh, and, and, you, and you intake these calories, so your body says, hold on, I'm used to intaking 1,000 calories in three hours. Well, you're digesting 3,500 calories in a run of like 15, 20 minutes. So your body goes in an overhaul, and, and then 
what it does is you get tired because your body don't have enough energy to uh, to break down all that food all at once. So you get you get tired, you get droggy, and all these different types of things, and that's the reason why you get sluggish after you eat a meal because it's too many calories you're intaking. But see, once I, I I didn't I didn't I wasn't aware of these things, man. Just like my business, there were certain things I wasn't aware of. When I became aware of it, I was like, dang. That's crazy. Right. That's the reason why I do that. Yeah, and so so now I eat differently. You know what I mean? Um, um, I I, I drink shakes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's weird. Like I make my own shakes at home. I eat fruit like crazy. You know, um, and I eat every two hours, but I I just eat on fruit, and I eat uh one major meal a day, and you know I work out every single day. Weight is just falling off. And nice. I did with music. Yeah, same thing I did with music. Once I became more educated with music, and I said, you know. You got the ball rolling, continue to be consistent. And I continue to be consistent. And my last album charted um, number 16 on the charts. And that was the first time ever I charted. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. And I dropped the dropped Panda video last year. I almost hit a million views on that. So it's so a lot of things, you know, God shows me in one area of my life that I can apply to multiple areas of my life. And, um, you know, and then... But, man, let me tell you about this this one guy, man. God put this guy named Dr. Moore, Dr. Darren Moore in my life. When I tell you every aspect of my life changed, just listening, he, he understood me. Now, we're completely different. Like, he worked for the CIA, like, you know, graduated from all these prestigious <laughs> colleges. Yeah, like, he's he's right. one of those guys, cross your leg, drink your tea, that kind of dude, read books all day. And I come from the hood. And, like, but he understands me, man. We'll get on the phone and talk. For, like, today, we talked on the phone twice, like, 45 minutes both times, before, almost before noon. <laughs> like, we just, he's just, uh, he's just different, man. He understands me and gets me, and so it's helped uh, my life. And all of this, this stuff that you guys hear coming from my thinking, a lot of it, you know, is because he shared um, information with me that I didn't have, you know. So, um. The whole idea about, you know, marriage, being committed to one person, that was from him. I have a whole bunch of things I can tell you, but um, my my thinking has become different, um, and it, it right. has helped me, uh, yeah, to understand life better, and because I understand life better, it's made every aspect of my life better. That's awesome, man. So uh, real quick, I did want to jump back to the, um, the transitioning of your, your health habits there. So did you find one – did you find it easier to make the transition after maybe you got more um, kind of more steady with work? Cause I know you were saying at the beginning, you know, there's a lot of transitions and stuff, but one does, you know, does it help to kind of have like a system in place, like a schedule or whatever. And then two, um, did it help your productivity after you started eating better and started feeling better and stuff like that? I'm going to tell you, uh, <laughs> The Lord have a way of, 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 I wouldn't say exposing you, but allowing you to see where you need to change at. Um, some people need to be embarrassed in order for them to change. Some people need to lose it all in order for them to change. Some people just need to be told one time that they're doing something wrong. You know, it just, whatever it is in that person's life, it, you know, is required to do it. So for me, um, you know, uh, 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 last year, last part of last year, I was in Baltimore, Maryland, doing a show for uh, an organization um, led by a young lady, 
And um, I'm there, and I love basketball. I, you know, listen to my music. I put a lot of basketball references. I played college basketball even as a big dude. I played, and I was very good, at, still good at basketball. And um, um, I was up there, and the next thing I know, this big tall guy come out. I know where I'm looking at his face. I'm like, yo, I know you. I'm pointing at him like, yo, I know you. And he happened to be Jerome Williams that used to play in the NBA. They called him Junkyard Dog. And um, and all these other artists, they getting up on stage performing. And then I get up on stage and perform. And I didn't know, but he was actually watching me. And he was watching me because he has an organization called Shooting for Peace that he goes from school to school, give out scholarships to, to kids in inner cities, where he has an entertainment segment where he wanted to bring an artist out. Um, but he couldn't he, – he got tired of paying Snoop Dogg to come out and all that. So he was like, man, I want to bring somebody out that love the Lord because I'm a believer, and this is what these kids need. And um, from that day, we built a relationship with one another, um, and then he started to book me for all the things that uh, they began to start doing. But here's the thing. When you're around NBA players or even ex-NBA players that are still uh, active, <laughs> right. guys, man, listen, they, they – their health – is on point. All of these things is on point, and um, and it, and it kind of embarrasses you. And because I didn't take pictures, didn't mean I didn't gain weight. So when I would go out to these events and everybody would want to take a picture with me, and I'm standing beside these six ten, six eleven dudes, and I'm sitting there looking at myself like, "Yo, man, you need to lose weight, bro." That's right. what that that was part of it that did it for me. But then it was another part that my friend was like, you need to be around for your family. I have a friend that played, um, they used to play for the uh, um, the Broncos. Uh, we went to Colorado and spent Christmas. My whole family went out there and we spent Christmas at his house. He has a ginormous house. We spent Christmas out there with him. And, um, and he said, man, you know, you need to be around for your family. Um, he played middle linebacker, uh, Andre Davis. For, for many years, he was a beast in the league. And um, he started to take his health serious because he had ended up getting diagnosed with CTE. And uh, um, it's like a, you know, something trauma that you that you experience while being in the NFL from being, you know, uh, those huge impacts happening all the time. And he was a guy that sacrificed his body. And so... And so what, uh, um, what I learned from that was if this is a person that is in physical shape on the outside and say, I, you still need to take care of yourself on the inside, I was like, man, I need to really get to it. So once I started to become more knowledgeable about it, it wasn't like a change overnight. I mean, it's, bro, weight is a struggle. Everybody in my family are ginormous creatures. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> We're not all, you know, walking, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, health plans. You know what I mean? It's, it's definitely – a struggle in our family, and um, um, but I realized that uh, at some point you gotta want what the future holds instead of what to now have, you know. And yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I can't position myself for the future if I'm just allowing myself to see right now what I have and um, allowing that to dictate who I'm gonna be the rest of my life. You look at it right now, a lot of the churches that you go to that are African-American churches in the urban community, um, a lot of the reasons why a lot of these churches aren't active in the community is because they struggle with health problems, regardless of what it would be. You know, mostly, you know, weight and 
um, heart and high cholesterol and high blood pressure and all these high everything. And, um, you know, you're dealing with that because, you know, they don't, they don't know how to eat. Right. Yeah, well, it, well, it's good that you're taking the lead because, you know, whether it's in your family uh, or just within your uh, your team there at uh, at IDJ because, you know, as a leader, they see everything that you do. And so it, it's good in all aspects. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's one of the reasons. You know, I've, I've always preached to people that you can't teach somebody something effectively. Now, you can teach it to them, but you can't teach it to them effectively because more is caught than taught if you don't live it or you're not the example of it. Right. And um, and I would, you know, there's other areas of my life that's extremely disciplined. But why is this one so difficult? And because I hate the devil so much, bro, I feel like this is the place where he was trying to damage me the most, and so I attacked it. Wow. I attacked it, and that's that's where I'm at. That's great, man. I'm glad you did, man, because uh, I'll be honest, me, myself, and I, it looks like there's about three of me now compared to what there used to be, which was just me. <laughs> so, and uh so you know I, I currently i'm kind of in the same boat myself so uh, so i appreciate that and and, uh, and it's cool to hear that story so but yeah man um that's uh i definitely appreciate you sharing that that's you know definitely uh personal for sure and i know a lot of people probably struggle with the same issues and uh, especially those who were in the beginning stages and they're really trying to grind through it and, uh, and having issues with that but but yeah man uh so I'd love to, uh, you know, before we end this thing, uh, I do want to hear about what's next for IDJ, man. I'm doing Jesus, which I got on tap coming up next. Um, you know, the next thing that we're trying to do for IDJ is um, um, this year, you know, every year, and it's going to probably sound a little weird, but every year I, I, I wanted to have a thing. And this year it was, um, it was uh, branding and marketing. What I wanted to do was I wanted to brand IDJ and market IDJ a little bit better. Uh, you know, my, my pastor, Dr. Darren Moore, the guy I was telling you about, he uh, goes to this the, the, the church, uh, True Vine Missionary Baptist Church, where I'm the youth and young adults minister. Uh, I, I take pictures there. I do videography. I run the sound and stuff. Um, and um, I do I, – I, I, I operate most of the media for the, for the church as well. And so I was trying to take pictures of them. I'm like, hey – and I called him aunt. I was like, hey, aunt, man, it goes to me. Let's take some pictures. Let's take some professional pictures. And he never wanted to take pictures. And I would like always wonder, like, yo, why are you always kind of like running away from taking pictures? Well, over time, I've been I've been knowing him for about four or five years now. But over the time, I've learned that he said, man, um, a church don't belong to anybody but the Lord. He said a church is a community. It's a body of people. If the if people recognize the church by the face, he said, when the face leaves. The church leaves. Wow. He said, build the church up for it to sustain itself. And if we look at most big, if we look at all the big empires, you know what I mean? When when these, all these empires was built with one particular person in mind, anytime that person got taken down, everything underneath them fell apart. You look at all these professional athletes. When they stopped becoming athletes, their families just diminished. You know what I mean? And so... They wasn't able to provide for their family anymore because they was the face of it all. So I said, let me start branding our church. And when I started doing that, man, our numbers online increased. Um, our, our, our participation in the church and the community increased. And, and I said, hey, man, there's something here. 
But it was all trial and error, man, you know, just talking to the Lord, and then I did the same thing with IDJ. So for IDJ, what I said was I don't want people to recognize IDJ for G- GS. Right. I want people to I want people to recognize IDJ for Jesus. And so what we said this year is that we're going to be branding I'm doing Jesus. So the next thing that we have coming in June, we're launching uh, IDJ Digital. Um um, I released a video freestyling over Kendrick Lamar's Beyondable Beat, and um, um, I put the intro, the IDJ digital intro, and what it is is that we're going to attack the whole entire digital um, um, era, you know, head on. We're, we're going to have co- comedy skits, uh, not none of those comedy skits that, you know, talk about the Bible and make fun of Jesus. We don't do all that stuff. That stuff corny to me. Um, but we're going to have, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like we're going to have, you know, right. um, um, skits for Christians that you can play at your youth conference or you can play in your church or whatever the case may be. Also just for entertainment online, we're going to have interviews. Um, it's called that real talk with GS where I interview artists, um, and just talk to them personally about stuff like you and I, you know, um, inter- interview them. Um, and then coming from, you know, coming from me, a person that is, struggle to know how I feel to be an artist in this, you know, ask ask them in-depth questions that they probably would never be asked in an interview. Um, we're going to have a segment called the Entertainment Corner where we use a portion of what we do to encourage people. But it's all going to be creative. It's all going to be very modern. Um, we go all the graphics that we use, all the backdrops we use, all of it's going to be professional. Um, and the most, the thing that I'm really, really, really excited about, we're going to do a month in review where we we recap the entire month. So say for instance, January first, we'll recap all of what happened in May. Who dropped the album in May? What kind of stuff online was happening between Christian artists? Like we're gonna talk about all of these different type of things. We're gonna do album and mixtape reviews. So um um that's some of the stuff we wanna add to CHH because gotcha. I feel like yeah, I feel like um we need more of a digital presence. Because let's just be honest, if Rapzilla is the only place we can go to, we're in trouble. You know what I mean? Because gotcha. if Rapzilla folds, a lot of people could, nobody will, a lot of guys won't be known. If Rapzilla go down today, their website disappears, a lot of people won't be known. Right. And so I, I, I refuse to, you know, I, my, my career is not in their hands, but I refuse to allow any other people who, you know, that only have access to certain um, uh, online, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not competing with them. I'm not trying to create something to compete. I'm just creating another avenue. It's like tire shops. Don't just be the only tire shop in town. A lot of people to go to, you know. Some, <laughs> so, uh, so that's pretty much what it is for me. But that's what we're doing with IDJ, man. We're uh, we want to grow the label. We want to bring on more artists. Um, we have a compilation project coming up that's going to be. Um, compiled of all the artists on the label. Um, we have a lot more visuals coming. I'm currently on um, two tours right now. Um, I hopped on the God of a Money tour, the last leg um, for the beginning of uh, Jan- uh, for beginning of June. I hopped on that with them. And uh, so, man, God is doing some some amazing things for our label. Um, we got a couple more albums coming out this year, and I'm I'm going to be dropping freestyles throughout the whole year. So, um, consistency is key. Once you got people's attention, keep it. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. Well, I can't wait to see what uh what uh I'm doing Jesus does, man. I know uh kinda like you were saying, 
with a not you know non competition. It's kind of the same way you know I believe with track stars and grow the heck up and you know everybody offers their own different individual aspects to the culture. And uh, so, so hearing what you got going on coming out of I'm doing, I'm doing Jesus is uh, it's really exciting, man. I, I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, it, you know, I always remember that you can be a and, and and understand this word is not a negative word all the time, but you can be a silent monster. Mm. You know, um, that's good. A lot of people don't know what we're doing. Right. A lot of people don't know we exist, but just because you don't know what we're doing doesn't mean we don't know what exists. Doesn't mean that we haven't been here five years, and the way our numbers are looking don't mean don't look like we're going nowhere no time soon. Right, and I'm glad you said that because you know even those who don't know uh, what I'm doing, Jesus is you know they might not know GS like uh, even without all of the attention, you're still able to do this full time, which, which I'm sure is yeah. Yeah, and I have a wife. My wife has an MBA. There's no way in the world she could just let me make anything I can make and not work. Like, so, right. you know, <laughs> yeah, she's not one of those kind of women. So, um, God has definitely blessed you know me in that department, man. Uh, when you check this out, you remember the the Brooklyn Nets, the guy who brought the Brooklyn Nets. Nobody ever heard of him. Right. <laughs> right. He just came out of nowhere and was like, "I want to buy this team." They're like, "Yeah, you know, it's something, something." Me, he's like, "Yeah, I got that. Let's, let's go ahead and do the paperwork." And so, I mean, you know, um, because people are not aware, it doesn't mean it's not happening. And right, I'm exactly. cool with it being like that. I don't need to be in, you know, I still, God still blessed me to be able to get shows, um, um, get a chance to share that, you know, share my music. And, and, and I'm still able to drop albums and visuals and, you know, um, go on blocks where people are not invited and share the gospel. So I'm still able to do the things that a lot of people are not able to do, and I thank God for it. So, so yeah, man, you know. Um, I, I, and, and, then, and then, too, in the future, I'm looking forward to collaborations with people. You know, with this new IDJ Digital thing that we're doing, um, I think it can, I think it can really do some, 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 make some noise. And um, we're just looking for people to partner with and um, collab with in, in any way possible, and you know, and uh, make some thing happen. So if you if you're listening to this, and you, you know, you have an act for. Uh, anything digital or, or, or want to be in front of the camera or, you know, get at us. We're going to hit you up at. They can hit us up at um, IDJDLabel, IDJDLabel um, at gmail.com. Or they can hit us up at uh, uh, IDJDigital at gmail.com. IDJDigital mm-hmm. and IDJDLabel at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All right, man. So, well, I, I'm sorry, IDJ Digital Media. My bad. Media. IDJ Digital okay. Media. Yeah, IDJ Digital Media at gmail.com or IDJ the label at gmail.com. Gotcha. All right. Cool. Cool deal, man. And, and what about you, man? How, how can people find you? They can find me on all my social media is at this is GS, and that's a very uh, important thing as well. You want to make sure that you have one name for all your social media. Um, the reason being, it makes it easy for people to see you. Say, fancy you meet a superstar. You you start freestyling for him right there. He's in a rush to go somewhere. He asks you what's your Instagram, and you'd be like, to me underscore five six seven underscore two three five. Like, you, they're never gonna find you. So you know, make sure that you you have a pretty free. You have a simple name where um, people can find you and make sure it's the same thing clear across the board because you never know what people 
um, may find you. I had a a, a, a lady. Um, she's uh, she's on the news um, in a in a couple cities over from Houston, and uh, she hit me online and was like, "I love your music. I was I was jamming and working out to your music this morning." I'm looking. I'm like, "Oh, you you know, you be on TV all the time," and she heard my music off Pandora. You know what I mean? And so cool. she found me online off of Pandora. So just make sure everything is consistent, you know? Yeah, man, that's so true. And I've had, you know, any anybody up here has, uh, has verified that. So just uh, another reason to listen to it. And, uh, you know, easy name to remember, easy name to spell, and it's the same over all platforms. Yeah, so this <laughs> awesome, is man. GS. Yeah, it can even do this is gs dot com. It takes you directly to I'm doing Jesus dot com. It's the same website. Awesome, man. Well, GS, man, we appreciate you taking your your time and uh, and sitting down and talking about I'm doing Jesus. What you got going on? Sharing some personal stories, sharing some important health tips, man. We kind of went everywhere with this interview, man. But it's awesome, man. It's it's, it's great. Yeah, appreciate the opportunity. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah, man. Shout out to Varsier once again for uh for finding somebody who was uh, perfect to be on the show. Yeah, that's big bro, man. I love that. I love that boy. <laughs> like crazy. That's the real big bro right there, man. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. So uh anyway, man, like I said, we really appreciate you being on the show. And I'm sure everybody out there is going to go look you up. If they haven't already heard of you, check out your committed album, which is uh it's pretty much streamable and, and they can buy it anywhere, right? absolutely awesome man yeah man well everybody we thank you for listening to this interview with gs make sure you check out and follow um everything that i'm doing jesus is is up to and make sure you're staying up to date on everything they have coming out this year and uh, we thank you for listening to another interview on the business with bordeaux podcast all righty that was the interview with gs I hope you got some great stuff out of that interview, and I really appreciate him getting on the phone and chopping it up with me, talking about his company, talking about um, you know humble beginnings and uh, the kind of things that he kind of had to suffer through in order to get to where he is now, uh, including health. And that's one thing that I don't think that a lot of business owners really focus and pay a lot of attention to especially in the beginning stages of growing their business is because they're so focused on that, that, you know, your, your personal physical needs kind of perish a little bit. And so, you know, I encourage you to make sure you're staying focused on keeping your body healthy, keeping God's temple, uh, you know, fit and, you know, try to be good and presentable and professional looking in front of others. And, um, you know, that's something that I'm struggling with right now. I've, I've been, Countered a little bit of weight gain through, you know, having college, doing projects, things like that, spending a lot of time in front of a computer and working on my blogs and podcasts and all of that good stuff. Good, good stuff. It's not bad at all. It's just, you know, making sure that I'm carving out at least an hour, three days a week to get a good workout in. And that's what I'm going to encourage you to do as well. If you're not already doing that, you know, it's something important that you need to get done. I know my brother Aaron Simpkins is getting that done. Uh, Mr. True Strength himself. I see him all the time on Instagram and on Facebook posting up them pictures. And um, so, yeah, man. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think Aaron's going to be coming out with some workout material pretty soon. 
And I uh, hope I'm not uh, spoiling anything. He he said something on Facebook himself. So, yeah, make sure you go check out TrueStrengthApparel.com. And keep an eye out, man, because I know he's got some great stuff coming. And make sure you enter to win the um, the True Strength giveaway. All you have to do is share your two favorite business with the Bordeaux podcast episodes, uh, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter's probably the easiest place to do it. Share it and then hashtag business with Bordeaux and also hashtag true strength apparel. And then uh, if you do that, then you will be entered in to win a free t-shirt from truestrengthapparel.com and the shipping's included and all that good stuff. So make sure you participate in that. That's going to last until June 1st. We already have an entrant in that. So if nobody else submits anything. We already have our winner. So, uh, so yeah, if you want to get a free t-shirt, Make sure you enter to win, to enter for a chance to win a free True Strength Apparel t-shirt. And also shout out to WordPress Stan. Uh, he's been a patron for the show for you know a while now. And so if you need any help, any questions about WordPress, uh, anything in regards to that, you need help building a website, you can hit him up at wpstan.com. All his contacts up there. And, uh, and he's also got a new single drop in too, uh, Mr. Prophet Josiah. And uh, so, yeah, make sure you check out Prophet Josiah over on YouTube and see what he's got going on as well. And so anyway, uh, that's it. If I do want to say that uh, having these two patrons for the show is incredible. Uh, just to, to see that somebody is supporting the show in a financial aspect. You know, me being a business guy, I understand that there is the, the ministry part of my show where I like to try to help business owners who were wanting or people who want to go into business. You know, part of the show is to help them figure out some of the early stages that they need to be focused on and think about. But, you know, the show does cost me money. It costs me time, which is money. And, you know, being able to get a little bit of reimbursement from, you know, two dedicated listeners and supporters of the show is fantastical. And uh, and I really appreciate that. If you yourself would like to become a patron for the show, you can head over to businesswithbordeaux.com and uh, the link is provided there. There's a support link where you can go to that page and do that. Um, you know, it's it's really greatly appreciated. We're trying to get some stuff up on YouTube. Uh, that's kind of my next goal is to get some professional looking stuff up on YouTube, these interviews. That way, if, you're, uh, if you like looking at actual the interview itself instead of just listening, you can watch it. That's our next goal for this show. And so help me get that done if y'all want to jump up there. Uh, right now, the dollar amounts to help are one, three, and five dollars. So yeah, just check it out. You know, I'd appreciate it if you did that. But um, even if you're not able to do that, I appreciate you listening to the show, sharing the show, commenting, all that stuff is really awesome. And I'd love to hear from you in regards to anything on any of the episodes. So anyway, that's it. Um, one more thing, actually. Sorry, I lied. Check out the Solomon's Porch podcast. That's another podcast I'm a part of. Uh, we have one episode that seems to be, it's not going viral, but it's getting a lot of downloads and a lot of attention. And that's the one that says Top Christian Songs and Why Does God Let Tragedies Happen? Go check it out. I just figured I would share that with you. Anyway, that's it for the show this week. Uh, thanks again to GS for sitting down doing the interview. And I really appreciate him kind of, you know, putting himself out there, sharing his story, even kind of the hard stuff in there that he had, uh, that he's been through. So 
Really appreciate that. Make sure you hit him up at this is GS. And that's on all social media platforms. This is GS. Go check him out. And yeah, so we will see you back here next week. Thank you so much for your time and your ears. Thank you and God bless.